Hello and welcome to another emergency episode of Devils Talking Padres. I'm Dominic Stern, joined as always by Bobby Murphy. Today we will be recapping all of the trades that went down today on Sunday, August 30th. By the time you're listening to this, I assume that it is Monday, August 31st, trade deadline day. Trade deadline is today. All trades must be completed prior to 1 p.m. Pacific time. Wherever you are, I'll let you figure out the math of that. Bobby. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Dom. Pretty, uh, first of all, pretty happy happy after that win on Sunday. That was a great game to watch, and just I was pretty overwhelmed after all those trades we made last night. Uh, Padres are letting the league know that we're in it, and we're a hot team, we're a great team, and we're, we want to contend this year. Absolutely. So I'm just gonna break it down for the listener how this episode is gonna go, so that we can fast forward to any part that you want to listen to. To begin, we're going to discuss. The Mitch Moreland trade, because that trade was completed first, then the Jason Castro trade, and then the big trade with the Seattle Mariners third. And then after that, we'll discuss what we think is going to happen tomorrow on Monday or as you're listening to it today. So let's start off with time out the Mitch Moreland trade. The Potters acquired Boston Red Sox first baseman slash DH. You can't play a little bit of outfield, but highly recommend against it. From the Boston Red Sox in exchange for Heisen Rosario and Hudson Potts, according to MLB Pipeline coming into today, Hudson Potts was the number 16 prospect for the Padres, and Rosario was the number 19 prospect. So, Bobby, what was your reaction to this trade? Dom, I love this trade. Mitch Moreland has been fantastic this year with the Boston Red Sox, and I expect him to be our everyday DH, you know, that Ty France is gone, which we'll get to later, but he's been having a great year hitting 328 with eight home runs on the underachieving Red Sox, so everyone could understand why they traded him to us, but I'm super excited for this. He's going to be a great addition. He's a great lefty bat, and he's a huge guy, so so he'll be a really good addition to our lineup, which I'm super, I'm so hyped to see them with Moreland in the lineup once he gets in. Yeah, you already mentioned it. Big power left-handed bat on the year. He's hitting 328 with a 430 OBP, 746 slugging. Correct, slugging. That's not his OPS. His OPS 1.177 OPS plus of 204. So he's currently killing it. And as for his splits on the year in 2020, keep in mind he only has 67 at bats on the year against right-handed pitchers. He's actually not hitting as well average-wise, but he is hitting way better slugging-wise. So against righties, he's got a 322 batting average, 429 OBP, 797 slugging. So a lot of his damage is coming against right-handed pitchers. His it, All eight of his home runs have come against righties this year. 19 of his 21 RBIs have come against righties this year. Keep in mind, 70 of his 79 plate appearances have come against right-handed pitchers. And against lefties, he's hitting 375, which is three for eight, 444 OBP with a walk. All of those hits against lefties have been singles. So you're not really going to see a great impact against left-handed pitchers, but you still we you still will see some impact. Jace Tingler said at a press conference today he expected Mitch Moreland to just be the DH for the rest of the year from here on out. And I'd say that's probably a pretty good plan. So the return as we already mentioned, was Heisen Rosario and Hudson Potts. So 
Bobby, what was your reaction to the return? And do you think this is favorable for the Red Sox? And do you think this was just a fair trade? I think it's a fair trade for both sides. I mean, the Red Sox were just trying to sell at the deadline. And Hudson Potts, he's a he's a young third baseman, and the Red Sox will be getting, a I think, a, a good trade with him. But for us, I really didn't see him doing much with us in the future. I mean, Potts would have been blocked in this infield by Machado, by Hosmer, by wherever he can play in the infield. He can play all over. But his main position is third base, and I really think he would have just been blocked by Machado for the next five, ten years, obviously. But so I really didn't see him have a spot on our team, really, unless if, of course, we keep the universal DH. But we have a bunch of guys who can have that spot locked up. Uh, and Potts, I mean, he hasn't been that great. I mean, last year in the minors, he only hit, not only, but he hit 240. So he wasn't fantastic in double A, but he was a uh, pretty solid hitter. But for the Padres' future, he really did not have a spot there. I agree with you on terms of pots, especially when you look at his numbers in double A. He didn't progress in a triple after playing in double A in the end of 2018. And he absolutely tore it up in single A like Elsinore in 2018. Once he got promoted to San Antonio, he looked outmatched 154 average with a 258 OBP. So you're not really seeing a great difference there and a 231 slugging percentage. So he's not, it wasn't really getting a whole ton of a whole ton of extra base hits. And then moving forward to 2019, sure, he got better, 227 average, 290 OBP. Once again, you're not really seeing that big difference that you like to see in a 406 slugging. So that's a below 700 OPS at AA, which is commonly known for being a hitter's ballpark. So the Red Sox definitely taking a chance there, and Potts can maybe fill in at that corner infield spot that Mitch Moreland took up. And then you look at Heisen Rosario, and this dude is an absolute beast. There's no other way around it. Uh, in 2019 at Lake Elsinore, he hit 242, but you see that big drastic difference in OBP at 372. That's a difference of .130. So he's walking a lot, 87 walks in the year at Lake Elsinore with a 314 slugging percentage. So you're seeing not a great OPS, but the dude has a ton of speed. He has a good eye at the plate, and they're getting a really solid young outfielder. I mean, you look at his grades on MLBpipeline.com, 55 hit, 50 power, 55 run, 55 field. That's a pretty good young player for the Boston Red Sox that they're getting there, but the outfield's pretty loaded, so it, it makes sense to move on from him. So I think the Red Sox are getting a ton of upside here in this trade for Mitch Moreland. They ain't getting any pitching, which is what their real need is for the team right now, but they are getting a couple of young bats that will serve them well in the future. So let's move on to the next trade. This trade was more of a minor trade. The Padres acquired Jason Castro, catcher from the Los Angeles Angels, in return for Gerardo Reyes, right-handed relief pitcher. Bobby, what did you think of this trade? This trade, I... Didn't really understand it. I mean, I get that we wanted to get another catcher, and of course it will depend on what we do with Mejia and Hedges uh, before the end of the trade deadline, but I was fine with it because, I mean, Gerardo Reyes, I really, last year he was not good at all for us. In 
27 appearances. He had a 7.62 ERA. I just remember every single time he went out, he did not have a great outing. So I'm fine. I'm totally fine that we got rid of him. Uh, best of luck to him, though. But I didn't really understand that we got another catcher. It, obviously, it, it does depend on what we do with our other two catchers. And, of course, we did tread trends. We'll get to that again. But uh, he's a 33-year-old catcher who really hasn't been that productive in the last few years, but really won't be our starting catcher. So it'll just be some good depth that, that we have now. This is a depth trade at catcher. And one thing you really notice for Jason Castro is his ability to get on base, even when he's not going to hit the ball well. He's looking at his OBP since he entered the league in 2012, 334, 350. And then you got two bad years, 286, 283, but then 307, 333, 257 in 2018, which is not a good year. But then 332 in 2019 and 323 in 2020. So you look at the batting average for him this year and you see 192 and you're like, well, that this guy sucks. But then you look deeper and he's actually finding ways to get on base in 62 plate appearances. He has drawn 10 walks so far on the year. So he's finding ways to get on base, which is something the Padres just aren't getting at the catcher spot this year. Luis Torrens, Austin Hedges, Francisco Mejia, they just aren't getting on base. And so... We'll, we'll talk more about the catcher's position moving on uh, when we talk about this next trade, because this next trade was a big one, that is for sure. Uh, but I, I like the addition of Jason Castro. He brings another veteran presence behind the plate for the Padres. He's going to find ways to get on base. I really think he's going to be the backup catcher to the guy we just acquired from the Seattle Mariners in this huge trade, which the Padres sent four young players in return for three Mariners. The three Mariners the Padres will be getting is catcher Austin Nola, relief pitcher Austin Adams, and relief pitcher Dan Altavilla. And in return, the Seattle Mariners will be receiving Ty France, Taylor Trammell, Luis Torrens, and Andres Munoz. And Bobby, this, is, this was the big trade of the day, I think, without a doubt. Uh, this one really took people by surprise especially with the names that were mentioned in this trade. Uh, you see a ton of really good prospects here. But what was your reaction when you heard this trade? Yeah, I mean, when I saw this trade coming into fruition, all I could think in my mind, I was just like, wow, my mind was racing. There's so much, so many guys going to Seattle and coming to San Diego. So I was just kind of overwhelmed by how much was happening. My first thought was, I didn't like it because we're trading Trammell, who is our number five prospect. Ty France, who's been having a great year. Munoz, who is having Tommy John, so he is injured for the year. And Luis Torrens, who really wasn't much for us. He was a pretty much a third, third string catcher. Um, he has been getting a little bit of playtime in the last week. But I understand that we wanted a hitting catcher and some relief pitching. So that's what we got. I kind of just felt like we gave away too much on this trade. Yeah, well, this trade... I knew it was being finalized, but I ended up going into the shower anyways just because I, I needed to. And I came back out, and I just saw I had, like, 30 Twitter notifications from all the people that I have notifications for. And I was like, oh, I wonder how many trades have gone down. It was just one, and it was just all the players that people were finding out as they were traded. And my reaction was, wow, we actually got a lot in return for these guys. Awesome, Nola, an elite hitting catcher just want to get that out of the way because no matter what you say about who we gave up you're getting a lot in return for this guy especially for this year 
for a position that has lacked so much of offensive production. Rio six batting average, 373 OBP, 531 slugging percentage. That is a 903 OPS and a 150 OPS plus. So this dude is just killing it at the plate for the Seattle Mariners in a lineup that's not that great. Now, put him in the Potters lineup. He's going to be batting at the bottom of the order in, oh boy, I'm super excited for what Austin Nola is going to bring to the table. As for Austin Adams, Adams hasn't pitched this year, but Adams has actually been a really good relief pitcher in previous years for the Seattle Mariners. Last year in 2019, for the Seattle Mariners, he had a 3.77 ERA in 31 innings and struck out 51 batters. That's absolutely incredible. 1.097 whip. He is a devastating slider in a pretty solid fastball, right around 95 miles an hour. That it's a great combination, and that's another guy that the Padres will be adding to a bullpen that has lacked production for right-handed pitching. If you listen to the previous podcast where I discussed the addition of Trevor Rosenthal, I was talking about, you know, Craig Stamen, Emilio Pagan, Kirby Yates were all guys the Padres were expecting to be good this year out of the bullpen for the Padres, and this haven't been. This is the second arm that is going to produce for the Padres in the bullpen. Now, Adams is still recovering from an injury. It's not arm-related. It's actually a torn UCL. It's unclear when he'll be back in a Potter's uniform, but the dude is under control for a long time. He's not going to be a free agent until 2025, arbitration eligible until 2022, and I think the Potter's got a really good deal there. As for Dan Altavilla, he struggled with late. Now, if you remember the name, he's the guy who actually allowed the walk-off home run to Will Myers. On the season, he's got a 7.771 ERA, and he strikes out a lot of guys. He throws upper 90s. He's got a pretty solid slider, but he's walking a lot of guys. 5.4 walks per nine innings, but he's got 10.8 strikeouts per nine innings. When the suit's got it right, like he did in 2018 when he had a 2.61 ERA in 20 innings, you're getting a really good relief pitcher out of him. So obviously the return is a lot. There's no sugarcoating it. You're sending away Ty France, who has – developed into a really good hitter for the San Diego Padres. Last year when he came up after his insane year in AAA, he wasn't doing all that much. But this year, batting 314, 375 OBP, 510 selling percentage, makes an OPS plus of 143. And I'm not entirely sure if those numbers include his performance today, which included another base hit. So it's a bummer to see Ty France go. But he doesn't really have a role in this team. Taylor Trammell, I think the Padres acquired Taylor Trammell thinking he's going to be the center fielder or the left fielder of the future. But Trent Grisham suddenly emerged as a star center fielder for the Padres, and Tommy Pham's a projected left fielder for next year. So Taylor Trammell all of a sudden is available, and the Mariners are going to take advantage of his upside, and the Padres are going to take advantage of this high value that he has right now. Uh, he struggled last year in the minors. So Potters are going to take advantage of the fact that, one, he didn't struggle in the minors again this year, and he still has that high value because of his, his insane potential. Uh, I personally was a huge fan of Taylor Trammell. As much as I disagreed with trading for Emil Reyes for him, knowing that the DH was going to be down the line soon, Trammell was definitely an exciting player. Uh, I've been able to talk with him a couple of times at some Potters events. Dude's got an incredible personality. Uh, it's a bummer to see him go, but... 
when when you're adding to a major league roster that's ready to compete for a championship, it makes perfect sense. As for Luis Torrens, he, he was never going to be really more than a backup catcher for the Padres. So sending him back to the Mariners in exchange for Austin Nola makes perfect sense. And Andres Munoz. Munoz is a wild card because he showed last year in 2019 that he could be a really capable relief pitcher in the major leagues. He was thrown in a high leverage situations in a decent amount of innings, pitching a lot in the second half of the year, 3.91 ERA in 23 innings. So his electric fastball and wipeout slider, they played. There's no doubt about that. But prior to the season, he underwent Tommy John surgery, and he's going to be out for a while. And the Padres took advantage of the fact that he does have a lot of potential, and the Mariners are willing to take a chance on him. So I think this trade is pretty fair, and I, I'm i excited to see what Nola, Adams, and maybe Altavilla bring. Yeah, like you said, of course, with the Munoz injury, I honestly thought he could have been our closer of the future last season. Um, but then, of course, he had the Tommy John surgery, and it wiped him out for the full season. And like you said about Trent Grisham, I mean, he's totally been running away with that center field spot in his first year as a San Diego Padre. And I'm totally loving his production. And I st- still would have loved to see Tremel stay. Who knows what could have happened with Sam and Grisham over the next few years. But so, as you mentioned, it's sad to see Tremel go. But I do, I do think we gave away too much. But we did get what we needed, two relievers who have great strikeout numbers, great stuff. And... Austin Nola, I just can't wait to see him in this lineup. I'm super excited to see a catcher who's hitting over 300, one of the best hitting catchers in the league right now. And just in this stacked Padres lineup now, I think we're going to look super good. Teams should be scared of us. And with a hitting catcher now, it's going to change things a lot at the bottom of that order. Right. And a lot of fans were complaining about the return for this. And I don't think they understand why the Potters are doing this trade. And the Potters are trying to add some depth to the bullpen and get a good catcher, which were two glaring weaknesses on the team. And what made sense about this trade was the fact that, one, they needed to clear roster spots for these guys that are coming in. And two, they needed to get rid of prospects because prospects that some of these guys had to be added to the 40-man roster prior to the upcoming season Otherwise, they're Rule 5 draft eligible, which means that another team could take them from the Padres at no cost. And Edgy Priller obviously wants to avoid that. So the only way to do that is to trade these guys or trade guys that he wants to get off of the roster to clear up spots for the 40-man roster next year. So I think this trade makes sense. As frustrating as it was at the beginning, I think it makes sense. So... I know that you were frustrated by the fact that all these prospects were being sent there, but the reality is the Padres are either the second, third, or fourth best team in the National League. They'd be currently the fourth seed in the NL playoffs if the playoffs started today. They're realistically thinking, hey, we have a shot to possibly make a deep run into the postseason this year, so why not improve our chances? We have a good farm system. These guys may not be in our system next year as it is, so let's push some chips onto the table. Let's get some guys to come help us now and improve our chances of winning one or maybe two playoff series. Because And if the playoffs started today, the Padres will be facing the second-place team in the NL East. The Marlins and the Phillies are currently tied at 14 and 15. And 
personally, I'd take a shot out of those teams. And if you win that three-game series, all of a sudden you get a five-game series with the Dodgers. And we saw last year the Dodgers are vulnerable in the playoffs in a five-game series. I I personally think this team for the Dodgers is better than last year. But the five-game series, the Padres already showed they've taken two out of four against them in a four-game series already. And it took one out of three in the other three-game series against them. So the Padres, they, their best shot to compete with the Dodgers might be right now. So making moves at this deadline makes sense. So well, let's talk about tomorrow. Uh, the Padres still have a ton of prospects to be traded. I think it's pretty safe to assume that Mackenzie Gore is off of the trade table, but still got Abrams, Patino, Campusano, maybe even Hassel, Brejon, Arias, Weathers, and even Cantillo. Those are all guys that you could possibly be seeing traded tomorrow. What are your expectations for the Padres on Monday, the trade deadline day, in the final hours before the trade deadline? Yeah, Dom, so, so <laughs> Padres have made so many trades already, and from what the talk sounds like, AJ Preller's not done yet. He wants to keep going, and looks like we, we want to go all in. So what I, what I would expect the Padres to do tomorrow is a, probably acquire a starting pitcher. Some names that we could be looking at are Mike Clevenger, Lance Lynn, Trevor Bauer, and all those guys have been amazing this year and the past few years, especially with Clevenger. But they could be in for some big asking prices. Obviously, the Padres have one of the, if not the deepest farm system in the league. But it could be it could be a steep haul for any of these pitchers, and it could be tough for us to get them. But there's a bunch of talks today about the Padres and Clevenger that they're still talking. Uh, and, of course, the deal was not made. But I expect the talks to be going overnight and into the morning. Yeah, I'm definitely expecting the Padres to go out of getting started the pitcher. Uh, there were rumors that they were in on Lance Lynn and possibly even Joey Gallo, and I think that trade makes perfect sense. I feel like you're really filling the final holes right there if you make a trade there. Uh, we'll see how Garrett Richards pitches Monday night against the Rockies. He's looked really bad in his past two starts, and you could be looking to add another starting pitching spot there. I think we did see that Chris Paddock is still a capable pitcher with his performance on Sunday. But that makes a formidable three pitchers in Zach Davies, Nelson Lamette, and Chris Paddock. But if you really want to make a shot at the World Series, you got to get another stunning pitcher. And Lance Lynn has been an absolute beast this year. Um, he's set the current record for most consecutive starts of over 100 pitches. And that just shows you that he's, A, going to give you good starts. And then, B, he's going to work deep in the games, help save the bullpen for you. And that's what you want out of a starting pitcher. And then I'm also a huge fan of Joey Gallup. Gallo, he's the type of guy that the batting average boomers hate because he doesn't really get a lot of base hits. And batting average is an outdated stat because it basically values the home run the same as a single. You know, it's just, did he get a hit? Yes or no. And it's a bad stat. But when you look at his OBP, his ability to draw walks, his ability to lay off off-speed pitches, and in his ability to slug the baseball, he hits a ton of home runs. You combine that, Joey Gallo is an above-average player, and not to mention he's an elite defender in right field. I think the Potters can definitely go out and get their guy here, and Joey Gallo, if he's available and he's on the market, then I don't see why the Potters shouldn't go out and get him. Locked up through 2023, at least through arbitration, uh, Joey Gallo, he's a guy that the Potters could go get 
if they want to combine a deal for teammates Joey Gallo and Lance Lynn, then all of a sudden you've got a good starting pitching. You can put Joey Gallo in right and move Myers out the left, which is more of his natural position. That's where he's played a lot of his time as a Padre coming into the year. And the rotation going forward all of a sudden after the year, you've still got Lebet, you've still got Paddock, you got Davies for one more year. Lance Lynn would be under contract next year. And there's this guy, his name is Mackenzie Gore. I've heard that he's pretty good. He's your number five guy, or possibly even Cal Quantrill or Luis Patino. You have options. So obviously this trade would take a lot, but I think the Potters can really pull it off. And like I said earlier, they have a ton of trade assets. And all of a sudden, C.J. Abrams, who's more of a middle infielder guy, everyone thought he was untouchable coming into the year. But all of a sudden... Jake Cronenworth has established himself as possibly the second baseman going forward for the Padres. So Abrams might be available at the trade deadline. And I'd assume that Gabriel Arias and Ryan Weathers and possibly even Joey Cancelo, those three Padres, eight, nine, and ten prospects who have now all moved up because of Taylor Trammell being traded, those guys are kind of blocked. They're young. They have a ton of potential. You could see those guys become available. There's a ton of options for AJ Preller. You know he's going to be calling. And you mentioned Clevenger. Clevenger's on the trade block. Uh, talk about a really good young controlled starting pitcher. There's a lot of options for the Padres and I'd be absolutely shocked if AJ Preller doesn't make another trade. Yeah, Dom, just just listening to to everything you're saying just gets me so excited for the Padres. And uh, we all know how good we are, and the rest of the league is now this year finally realizing what we are now and what we will be for the future, especially, as you mentioned, with all of our trade assets. We can kind of get whoever we want. I mean, not whoever, but with our assets, there's so many players in the league that we can acquire, and Gallo and Lynn, those would fill two needs that we need, both an outfield spot and a starting pitcher. I would really love to see Clevenger. It really depends on what the what the asking price is, but he's been great this year. And the past few years, too, he's his last four years, every single year, his ERA has been under 3.12, and he's a great strikeout pitcher. And I'm just – I would love to see us get a trade for either him or Lynch. Yeah, another name is possibly Trevor Bauer. With the Indians currently sitting on the outside of the playoff picture, Bauer is – a free agent following the year. So the Reds might be inclined to trade him, get some value for him while he's still on their team. Bauer's been an absolute beast this year. His past two starts haven't been as great, but he still is amongst the league leaders in ERA, whip, and strikeouts. This is definitely an exciting time to be a Padres fan. We're actually buying. We've been possibly sellers and just haven't done anything in the trade deadline for every year since 2010, when, of course, the Padres traded away Corey Kluber, it's it's awesome that the Padres are making moves to try and make a championship contending team. You know, some people have been big proponents of saying that AJ Preller isn't really great at building a roster. And I've, I've been amongst those people, you know, the first couple of years, he didn't really do anything, but this year he, he put together a winning roster. Uh, it's time for them to finish the year strong. They got less than 25 games left. It's time to go win some ball games and uh, put themselves in the postseason and possibly make a run in a championship. Yeah, and this is the most excited for me, and pretty much every Padre fan has been in the last 10 years, and this is our one of the best teams we've had in decades, maybe 10 years, maybe 20 years since the Gwyn years, but once we get to the playoffs, likely we could be the four seed playing a five seed with 
an under 500 record or hovering around 500. And we know how good we are, and the league is starting to, to finally realize how good we are. And, so of course, we want to take it game by game, take the first series first. And then who knows, likely that, as you mentioned, we could be playing Dodgers second round. Who knows how that could go? We, we could we could uh, scare the whole league. Yep, definitely. I mean, you look at all the teams that are built right now, and the Padres are definitely up there with some of the best teams. Fangraphs has the Padres at second best odds to win the World Series in all of baseball. Same. Do I agree with that? No, I, I I don't at all. But I can definitely see why we're up there. I mean, you look at the best records in the league, and the Padres are right there with them. Got to get through the Dodgers, though, if you're going to win a World Series. And the Padres would be one of the first teams to get a crack at them. Uh, it seems likely the Padres are going to be the four seed. And it seems likely the Dodgers are going to be the one seed. So you'd get them in that second round. And, oh, boy, that would be an awesome series. So, Bobby, got any final notes before we head out? Uh, just what we've both been saying, go Padres. Super excited for the rest of the season and an exciting trade deadline. And so with that, it's going to wrap up this episode of Devil's Talking Padres. You will get another episode tomorrow recapping the series with the Colorado Rockies and previewing the two-game series with the Los Angeles Angels. Following that is a three-game series with the Oakland Athletics. The Athletics did have a player test positive, and their game was canceled today with the Houston Astros. So whether or not that series will be played is yet to be determined. Uh, It's just going to be a wait-and-see thing. You'll obviously hear about that on this podcast and surely on Twitter and in the news. Uh, we thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. As always, check out our work on eastvillagetimes.com. Follow us on Twitter at EBT underscore news. Uh, follow Bobby and I on Twitter. Uh, follow me at DMstern19 and follow Bobby at BobbyMurphy2000 on Twitter. DM one of us if you want to be a guest on a future show. And with that, it's going to wrap this podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Go Padres and try to stay sane tomorrow when the Padres are rumored on just about everyone.